Hi, we're back from the dead. This is Script Lock, uh, a podcast about storytelling and video games. I'm Max Volkman. And I'm Nick Volkman. Uh, today's guests are Alyssa Wong and Lauren Mee. Uh, Alyssa writes fiction, comics, and games. Her stories have won the Nebula Award, the World Fantasy Award, and the Locus Award. She was a finalist for the John W. Campbell Award for Best New Writer, and her fiction has been shortlisted for the Hugo, Bram Stoker, and Shirley Jackson Awards. Her comics credits include Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and Adventure Time. And she's also written for Overwatch and story and franchise development at Blizzard Entertainment. Lauren is a senior writer at Insomniac Games, where she is currently working on Spider-Man 2 and was previously a lead, the lead writer on Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Before Insomniac, she was a writer at Telltale Games, where she worked on The Walking Dead, The Final Season, and Batman The Enemy Within. And in my opinion, this is just as cool as having won the Nebula Award. John Carpenter loves Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and that's amazing. What? Um, yeah. 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 That's way cooler than a Nebula. I'm sorry. That's... That is way cooler. <laughs> I, I I appreciate that, Nick. He knows that before this, I was messaging him and I was like, "Fuck, this is so cool." <laughs> no, 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 you, no, no you. you. It's true because I was about to set this, do this podcast, and I saw twenty minutes earlier. Lord messaged me. I was like, "Oh my god, what did she say?" That's just her being stressed. It's just a sweating emoji. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh and my then god. A sweating emoji. Attached to the sweating emoji. <laughs> But, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep my cool because I'm like oh, everything you've done and are doing is so cool. Get yeah, out of here! Imagine working with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just spend the entirety of this podcast? Make no. Oh my god! I just love you. <laughs> no you. No you. <laughs> but before we get to that, I have to say that this podcast does not reflect the views or anything of Sony Interactive Entertainment or Insomniac Games. And then I guess the first question is, how did Alyssa break into video games? Oh, God. Um, I'm sorry. I should have. I should have prepared for this. My bad. Um, So funny. Um, I was just writing short fiction and um, I went to grad school um, for an MFA in creative writing. And I got this email out of the blue um, from uh, this guy, Brian Kindrigan. Who is lovely? And um, our first he guest, was... King. Wait for real? Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, King. well, he—that's so funny. He, yeah, so he emailed me out of the blue, and he was like, "Hey, you don't know me," and I was like, "You were right, I don't." But he was like, "But I'm moving to North Carolina, which is where I was doing my MFA. Um, I don't know anyone in North Carolina. You write fiction. Would you like to get coffee sometime?" <laughs> um, and I was like, "Yeah, that'd be dope." Um, he had moved to uh, North Carolina to be a narrative director um, at Epic, Epic Games. And, um, you know, we got to know each other. And he eventually was like, hey, hey, kid, you want to write for games? And I was like, yeah, I do. Um, but also, I'm in school right now. And he was like, okay, well, you know, after you graduate, uh, let me know. And I would love to work together. I like your short fiction. Uh, let's make games. And so that's how I got my first gig in games. Uh it was pretty wild. And also not what I expected. Like I was my my big ambitions, quote unquote, as were to write short fiction until the day I died. And considering I haven't died yet, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so what was Blizzard the first job? Um, so Epic was the first job I was doing, like a hybrid like uh voiceover coordinator role, um, where I was uh writing scripts and um 
directing a lot of uh, VO sessions for a game called Paragon. Um, and then uh, Blizzard was my next job. So um, after that, I went to... Uh, this is funny. I got married. And then two weeks later, I uh, left North Carolina on my own because my spouse was, was also in grad school uh, and moved to Irvine to work for Blizzard um, on Overwatch. <laughs> so you were voice directing. Had you any, had any experience before then in any kind of voice direction before then? Uh, not, not for games. Um, I, uh, got my undergrad degree in theater studies and, um, specifically, uh, the thing I was really interested in was direction. It was one of those degrees where, you know, all the adults in your life are like, oh, you're never going to do anything with that. But I use it like every day. Um, it taught me how to, um, it taught me how to really think about, um, bodies in space, which sounds really basic, but um is really important is a really important thing when you're thinking about um you know how people move in in comics or in short fiction or um you know the exertions that bodies make when um you know you're writing lines for them what they might be doing physically as you know as anything is going on in a game so it's something that i use all the time um and actually ended up being the thing that i used the most when i was at epic you said before that uh game writing wasn't what you expected what were you what was surprising about it for you um well to be honest i wasn't expecting to i didn't know it was an option like i didn't know it was like a real job people could do um because that happens a lot yeah (laughs) yeah. i mean i i spent most of my time uh playing like jrpgs growing up so i was like well i mean i i i don't know japanese like i i'm not gonna be able to do game dev in japan um you know, and uh, so getting to do it for, um, I think especially because my first game and actually all the games I've worked on have been live games, um, getting to write um, for a game that is sort of a living document um, is really cool. Um, getting to see uh, how people respond in real time, um, how the shape of the game changes um you know, as you develop it, which happens with every game, but, um, you know, I, it was, it was fascinating. Um, I know that's not really an answer, but I think the whole thing was just very intriguing and, oh, and of course the fact that it was collaborative, which short fiction just isn't, right? It's the thing you do by yourself. You sit in your room and you write your little stories and, um, you hope that eventually someone will read it and be horrified and then they'll cry and they'll be forever changed inside but um but yeah i mean games are so collaborative that you just have to work really hard to try to make everyone cry every day and there's something so beautiful about that i just love it can i ask a question yes do it so it's so interesting like that the two things that you do are so opposite of each other (laughs) do you have like a a moment um, with something that you've created in live games that matches the reaction that people have to your, like, short fiction? You know, it's funny. I feel like the the reactions are so different. Usually with short fiction, it's like, this made me cry, this uh, affected me, I am deeply traumatized, which I personally (laughs) take as, like, a huge compliment. That's great. Um, with live games, um, 
And with comics, which are in in some ways, I think probably one of the closest because of the serial nature of them and how fast you know you get that audience reaction. It might be the closest um, like hard medium, in my opinion, to like experiencing a live game. Um, for me, those reactions tend to be really happy. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, I love I love shippers. I love shippers. I love. For oh shippers. yes, yes, so, yes, yes. For me, the most gratifying experience is having somebody who has experienced something that I have written and having a strong emotional reaction to that. And what is shipping if not that, right? So <laughs> that's mm-hmm. my favorite. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Great question, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good question. That was so smart. Oh, you guys. <laughs> that's it. You uh, just delicately tossing out fantastic answers. Thanks. Just wisdom. Please cut this. Oh, We're dope, but I'm so nervous. <laughs> All right, Lauren, how'd you get into games? Oh, well. She descended from heaven. <laughs> See, I'll just, I'll live for everyone else, like just making me sound better than, <laughs> than reality. Um, so I feel like I'm a pretty modern story um for how to get into games which is like not super useful for people who are trying to get in now which is like um i you know i've been writing my whole life um i went to high school uh, like an art school to specialize in writing i went to college for writing um and when i was in college i was like oh you can write for games that's that's pretty fucking awesome i love writing in games is that a thing that i can do um, and my guidance counselor laughed at me and was like, oh, that's not a thing you can do. Jesus. And so I was, <laughs> he was like, people in general? Sure. You? Eh. So, <laughs> no. uh, but that made me realize because I hadn't, you know, I didn't have anything that was like published. I wasn't, you know, I was just a normal student. And so I was like, well, I, I better remedy that. So I ended up taking a bunch of classes on like um, Maya, which I'm terrible at, uh, C++, which I'm terrible at. Um, (laughs) and just like all these different, uh, parts of games. So I could really understand all the different pieces. Um, and then when I was graduating, I was like, well, I need to take this a step further. And so I decided to go to grad school, um, where I studied, um, to be a producer, like a game producer. And while I was there, my side projects were, um, you know, like I would do game jams and I do other little like games with some of my friends and I would try and find how to fit stories into those projects to, uh, get better. And then uh, the funny thing is you, I know you've heard the rest of this story because Mary has the same, Mary Kenny has the same exact story. Um, so I'll keep it brief. <laughs> I don't care. Tell it all, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it. <laughs> oh, that guys yeah lauren come on <laughs> oh, oh my oh my god oh my god um <laughs> so uh i gdc um telltale games was hosting an event uh which basically you had to apply for where you put resume cover letter writing table blah blah blah, and they chose a group of people to come in and basically do like um a writer's workshop with some of the writers from telltale and so i got accepted into that i went to the uh, little program and we did these roundtables we got to meet other writers get mentored um, it was such an awesome thing that I wish it's kind of hard for companies to now I wish more companies could do that. Um, cause I learned so much from it. Um, and then afterward, uh, we got Mary and I both got hit up by the people from Telto who were like, Hey, we'd love to bring you guys in as interns. Um, and so that was my first game job, which, uh, at Telltale, which was the place that I had really wanted to work at to begin with. 
Um, so that was super exciting. And that's where, uh, yeah, I worked there for a couple years and it died and rest in peace to her, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's so on and so forth, et cetera. And here I am today. <laughs> that's fantastic. Like, yeah. I think that's awesome. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next question I have on this list is, uh, what are both your writing hours like? Like, can you write at any time? Or is there a point where you get diminishing returns? She and I are both mm. staring at each other. I so, can go first. No, you yeah, go first. You, no, you no, go you, first. No, Please you. go. F- no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. I'll, I'll do it. I'll go first. You landed on the first sword. I'll land on this one. Bless um, you. <laughs> <laughs> so usually I am like most productive in the morning, I think. Um, I love writing between like 7 and like 7 a.m. and like 11. Um, I find that I usually start falling off <laughs> around like 3. I can still write and it's not diminishing return status, but I just that's where it starts to take a dip. Um, and then I'll usually come back at around like, and Nick knows this cause it was a very bad habit of mine, but my and energy would come back at around like nine at night. No, this happened to me too. I was going to ask you. About this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then usually it's from like nine to like probably two in the morning. That's like my two blocks of time. The middle of the day is possible, but difficult. Um, but I feel like diminishing returns for me only happens when, um, so I feel like for me, diminishing returns only happen when you're on like the final you is in me, not royal you <laughs> <laughs> are on when I'm on like the final draft of something. Because before that, I feel like a single word is useful because it's more than a blank page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if I'm on a final draft, diminishing returns, I think, are when um, I've been working like too many hours in a row or too many days in a row. And I just feel myself, as soon as I have that moment where I'm like, I don't know if this character would say this or not. I just need to submit this. That I'm like, I think I need to stop. That's usually when I get that feeling of like, this isn't good anymore. Because if I don't believe in it, it's a diminishing return. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's more of a, maybe a philosophical. (laughs) But what is, you know, time's fake too. So (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Alyssa, queen. Oh, God. Um... (laughs) Well, I was originally going to say mine is like inverse, right? Um, Mm. I write best at night. um, And I've been trying to figure out why, because um, that's been the figuring out like when I can write has been the hardest part of going full-time freelance. Um, Because I have um, have, like my comics projects. I have like my own projects I'm working on. And um, I also have tendinitis. So uh, there is a very limited window of how much work I can physically do. Um, so it's a struggle. Um, but I have realized that, um, I need a lot of like space and like time alone to focus. And that's why I like writing at night because nobody else is around. Um, (laughs) you know, if I'm, if I'm writing at like, I don't know, 11, um, I, it's, it's just me and the night, and my computer, and a ton of pop music, and it's just time It's just time to get gnarly. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's hard to carve out actual space just for myself. But I think, like, I'm trying really hard to hit, like, that 
right? I've been trying really hard for about two years to hit the like nine to five um, window and save that specifically for like, you know, work that I'm contracted for. And then after that, um, my own work. But that is a lot of time. Um, and I just, I'm realizing I physically can't do it. So that's a very long way of saying, I don't know, but nighttime probably. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect answer. I'm also sorry about your tendonitis. Oh my God, you do yeah. so that much. That sucks. Oh, thanks. I uh, got it during crunch. <laughs> so be careful, kids. Make sure you stretch. <laughs> she said she, she said she was great at heartbreak. This is what happens. <laughs> this is the plot twist. <laughs> it, it was it was one of those things where um, you know if you don't. Yeah, you always have to take care of yourself, and when you're young, you never think you do, until mm-hmm. you're like, oh no, mm-hmm. oh, I fucked up, which is what happened to me. Um, it actually is part of why I ended up um, leaving games, because I realized I couldn't keep up with the pace, because my hands were so messed up. Um, like, I couldn't, there was a part where I couldn't lift them, like, it was really bad. <sighs> totally, yeah. Okay. So don't be like me, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Get an ergonomic keyboard and a vertical mouse now. God, yeah. Vertical yeah. mice rule. So much. They're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Also, I can't. I hate writing at night so much. <laughs> I I did too until I worked with Queen Lauren Me, and then <laughs> it's a thing where maybe I just wasn't working too far tonight. But it's like I got to like okay, I'm writing at 9 p.m. I'm hating it. I'm getting really angry because I'm not sleeping, and then I pushed that for another hour. And then by 11 p.m., I'm like. All right, I think I guess this is the second win because I think I'm writing some good stuff now. <laughs> right, right, this kind of hits. Right. And I, I said to Lauren, "I'm like, Lauren, is this stupid?" And she's like, "No, it's good." <laughs> no, I remember there were things that Nick would send me, and there were, uh, one thing in particular. His his first draft shipped, and he said it to me. He was like, "I think this is not good," and I read it, and I remember spinning around in my chair and looking at my my then boyfriend and being like, "Nick just sent me gold, and he hates it." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate it. I think I, I, what I'm thinking of it was like I'm telling you, this doesn't make any sense, but I think it's funny. <laughs> oh, it was perfect. On Ratchet and Clank, the Mr. Fun, I wrote Mr. Fun guy, mm-hmm. and there's a certain uh, he's inspired by, <laughs> but also a healthy dose of tired and angry Max, because that was. <laughs> <laughs> not angry but like t- tired and like I've been writing a lot of hours Max exasperated it's, Max it's, yeah. okay. it's okay if you're angry <laughs> yeah. it's totally fine it's the really funny angry. because listening to this without seeing anyone's face I'm I'm totally projecting but I can hear the moments while Max is talking when Nick looks at him and shakes his head I can hear it in his voice <laughs> maybe I'm not I'm not shaking my head physically but I'm shaking my head in my mind <laughs> Because I, so, I, I can't move my mouth, but they won't hear me. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next heart. question. <laughs> Unless someone else had another comment to talk about writing at late hours. Let's distract. I'm proud of my work I did on Miles and Ratchet. <laughs> uh, wait, actually, I do have a question that ties into this. Um, do y'all also read all of your like all of your lines aloud? Yes. I, need like, to- I have to. Yes. I need to do it more, but it's, it's always a good idea to do it. I don't do it enough i i absolutely have to like i'll I'll write stuff and then i'll you know and and when i hear it i'm like that's it that's right i'll put it down and i'll immediately forget it's in there so um (laughs) so like for example like when when like my comic stuff comes out 
there'll be lines in there and I'm reading and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I, I can't believe I wrote that. I can't believe it's published. I can't believe it's in there. <laughs> what? Um, but again, it's, I think it's similar to the, uh, the writing, the Mr. Fungi stuff. Like it's, 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 it is you raw, but also, but also the specific thing, you know, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, that would not have made it in there if I hadn't been doing this late at night. And I'm so glad it did. Yeah, it's so unhinged and beautiful. <laughs> There's totally unhinged Nick in his one line. He got into the Emperor Nefarious song in Ratchet and Clank. <gasps> no, it was definitely, uh, but unhinged in like definitely the best way possible. But that also came out in the late night writing session too. That one. What? What is? What is it? Uh, it's the, <laughs> it's the villain of the game in this like Disney musical number saying. Oh, I can't remember what the original line. I wrote I'm it just, and, so, I'm just I'm, so freaking hot. Yeah. No. Okay. Thank you. Because <laughs> I, I was, I was like, how do I, how do I grace, how do I gracefully bring up the fact that Emperor Nefarious is really hot? Oh like what the hell? <laughs> I didn't know you played that. Twenty minutes sidebar, Emperor Nefarious. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't. Oh. All right. All right. Believe here's, me, here's, you should. You should have been there. <laughs> We knew exactly what was happening with Emperor Nefarious. <laughs> I mean, so all this is public because, like, they released the concept art. I remember when they showed, like, okay, here's the model thing for Emperor Nefarious. And there were, like, four different body types. And I voted for the thick one. <laughs> and everyone shot me down. So we get one with the, the one that came in the game, which I'm happy with. But it was only when, like, when I saw the physical model, I was like, oh. And that's what I do. Like, <laughs> You know, Nick, I, I hate to say it. Um, I'm the one who vouched for tall, skinny nefarious. It worked out. <laughs> it worked out. Hot. But I understand. And I, that makes me, I remember seeing your tweet, uh, Alyssa, about that, because that was, I think, one of my favorite tweets on that uh, Forsaken website. Um, it made me laugh so hard. Because before then, I was like, oh, she's so cool. And then you said that, and I was like, incredible. Um, <laughs> Oh, so beautiful. I, I am so glad that you guys are not judging me for this because uh, I will happily and gladly publicly go on record for saying Emperor of Fairies is hella hot. Like, wow. No, um, we fought also, for this. <laughs> also, just so you know, this is my very first Ratchet and Clank game. Amazing. I love so, it. I love it. So I was like, oh, this nefarious guy. Oh, he's funny. Ha ha. He's, he's great. I love him. And then Emperor Nefarious, and I was like, oh, there we go. All right. All right. All right. I'm in. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> that makes me very happy. Thank you for saying so. Yeah. I probably... No, I will gladly say so. <laughs> well, the, well, the best part was when the first trailers were coming out, and they didn't, we, no one knew that Emperor Nefarious was the thing. But then there was a shot in the trailer of the giant gold statue of Emperor Nefarious. And then the robot Twitter fan group, they instantly <laughs> knew that this was a new Nefarious because his thighs were thicker. <laughs> the, power of, the power of good art direction, really. And wasn't his, his name at first like Chad Farious? That's right. Sorry <laughs> to the fans. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, okay, so I saw the statue and I was like, oh, this is how he sees himself. Oh, okay. And then he rolled up. I was like, oh, shit, he's real. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love that we're so having a, it's like a five-minute or seven-minute sidetrack of just effort nefarious being hot. 
much. I mean, but but what is? I mean, but honestly, what what is more important? And when we talk about like narrative focus, <laughs> oh my god, I'm like literally wiping moisture from my eyes. <laughs> I mean, if I want to get serious writer podcast about this, it's like when we started writing him, he was like, "We're gonna make this like thirstiest thing ever." No, it was <laughs> only it was only when we heard Robin. And we, we just wanted, like, he's like a fun, evil character, essentially. And Lord yes. has, has more about this than I do. But then it was only when, like... And not making him like Darth Vader. Yeah. Right. And then hearing how he acted, it was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. And then, <laughs> at least for me, I just kept... I, I didn't go, like, full, like, I'm so hot at first. I was, like, keep sneaking things in. And I keep, like, upping the ante every other <laughs> recording session, I guess. <laughs> and it, it was like at first jokingly saying no what, what if he said daddy's home and then it was like no he would say daddy's home he totally would a hundred percent absolutely hell yeah <laughs> and robin was my biggest regret was not being able to be in the, those in person at those vo sessions with oh. both emperor and dr nefarious because oh. emperor nefarious love armin so much unbelievably nice person but when Robin would get into like the sassiness of Ever Nefarious, like he would just snap his fingers, it was delicious. Oh my god! <laughs> and being and watching him do the singing was one of the most that would, oh, that would not be topped for years of like watching him sing, watching Armin sing. Both of those guys did such a phenomenal job. Well, Alyssa, have you like had the? I know that you worked in like uh, doing VO direction and stuff. Was did you have a lot of opportunity? Um, and doing your writing work to get to interact with your actors very much? Yeah, so um, it was really wild getting to direct an actor for a script that you wrote. I mean, that is just the wildest experience. Um, and I think the thing is, I was just so, I was just so impressed with how, like, kind and sweet all the voice actors I talked to were. Um, like, I'm just like, I love, I love you. You're so lovely. Um yeah, I mean, sorry, that was a long way of saying yes, and I think probably one of the most rewarding things about writing for video games was being like, here's the script I've written. Hopefully it's good, we'll see. Um, <laughs> and then listening to the actor in the booth and learning so much more about the character um, mm. after that first VO session. Um, and being like, okay, I understand you now, like, for sure, for sure. Um, I think my, um, this is a bit of a sidebar, but um, when I was working at Epic, um, you know, I feel like there are always those characters who you, you're like, I like this type of character. I would like to write this type of character. But one thing that my boss did was he was like, oh, what kind of character do you hate? And I was like, this one. He was like, great, you're writing that. Mm. That's <laughs> the one. That's the one you're That's writing. Great. Um, and, uh, in doing so, he was like, well, you know, one, you need to learn how to write everything. And two, um, I want to see what your take on this kind of character looks like. How do you get invested in them? Um, mm. How do you build other people's investment in them? And how do you fall in love with something that you absolutely despise? Um, <laughs> I had this one character um, named Gideon. Uh, also, I, I'm so, I'm so sorry to all Gideon fans. Um, but I had this one character named Gideon, and I was like, I can't stand this dude. He's, like, arrogant, he's, like, a, just 
an obnoxious douchebag, but not like in a fun way, you know, like mm. just super full of himself. I'm like, I know this guy and he mansplains to me all the time. Like, oh, <laughs> um, and my boss is like, great, he's yours. Have fun. Um, and I mean, I think that through my time, I learned to love him. And I was like, let's just lean in like that. A thing that I hate. Let's just make him like the most obnoxious douchebag. But also, like, finding those moments of, like, very real human vulnerability, I Mm. think, um, in any kind of, like, almost overblown, like, low-key campy kind of character, I think are sometimes the most beautiful things Mm. that, you know, you can – those most beautiful moments of growth that you can have as a writer as well, so – that was a long way of saying that. Sorry. No, no. no That's great. not long at all. That was lovely. And like, to me, it really highlights one of my favorite things about writing. I know for me personally, like having to write all kinds of different characters and people, it has made me personally, and it sounds like you too, makes you think about your interactions with other people differently. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've found myself becoming like, I, I don't really get angry at very much anymore because I always kind of see where people are coming from. Because you, when you have to put yourself in the shoes of every single like type of person, especially people that you like don't agree with or you can't stand or whatever, um, it like makes you look at the you know the mind and like humanity a little bit differently. Not to not to make it sound more special than it is, but like it, it, it's cool. It's really neat to step into the shoes of you know, I guess quote unquote. I hate to say like villains, but like um, mm-hmm. people you don't agree with or things you don't understand. Because I know I personally just I'm like, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> yeah. But when you have to, it, it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Even if sometimes it, it might suck a little. <laughs> so yeah. that's really interesting that that didn't feel long-winded at all. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's, um, it's, <laughs> I feel weird saying it feels magical. Um, mm-hmm. It's like both, it feels both very magical, but also very scientific. Um, you know, it's this deliberate way of taking something apart and seeing how it works is like my favorite thing about writing. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's people that you don't understand, Um, which in retrospect sounds terrible. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, in short fiction for me, um, a lot of it is like, was like unpacking, like unpacking trauma or, um, Mm. you know, things that I, I wanted to understand more, but, for whatever reason, couldn't as myself. So getting it into a different space and being able to dismantle it and look at it differently and then reframe it and then rebuild it was really helpful hmm. for, as <laughs> as you said, um, building empathy. Um, and, you know, it's something I love about storytelling and writing across mediums. Yeah, thank you for sharing. That's really beautiful. I, I think that's a that's a really good point. Do you remember one of the types of characters you hated writing? Oh, well, I'm asking you, Lauren, I know what type of character you hate writing, but Alyssa, I want to hear the ones you back then at Epic you hated writing too. Oh, geez. What kind of characters do I hate writing? I can or tell writing now. Or hate writing now. That'd be even better. Oh, okay. Well, funny. Um, the type of character that I came in hating writing were edgelord characters i was like oh you're so embarrassing <laughs> no i fucking love writing edgelord characters i'm like yeah you're so embarrassing look at you <laughs> um now i think um 
I don't know. Like, I kind of, I love, I love the idea of like taking a character and low key rehabilitating them. Um, so I actually don't think I have any characters that I types that I don't like writing right now. I think I, you know, I haven't written very many himbos, which is really sad. I should, I should do that. <laughs> Disappointing. I know. I know. We're, we're gonna hire you for the Emperor Nefarious sequel, or they will. I don't. We're gonna add sound make anymore. <laughs> no, please, please hire me specifically for the Emperor Nefarious sequel. <laughs> It'll be called. <laughs> oh, I hate that um, we're gonna have to cut that. <laughs> no, Max, we'll just bleep it. <laughs> but now you're gonna say what types of characters you hate writing, Lauren, and I want to see if it's gonna be what I'm thinking of right now. Well, so, you know, it's funny when you said that, I was actually curious to hear what you were going to say because, um, I guess uh, it's a situation you hate writing. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I want to know what you're going to say. Cause like when I think of, there are characters who, um, I might go like, oh, that I feel like I react to who they are rather than who, rather than how I would feel writing them where I'm like, I don't know if I like that kind of like person. Um, but I think anytime that I'm given a character i feel very similarly to how you feel Alyssa. which is like i i know i get, I get kind of excited by how am i gonna figure out like if, especially if i get a character i'm like oh my god that fucking guy or gal um i get kind of excited by the idea of okay how am i gonna break them apart into pieces in my mind learn who they are really understand them um that whole drilling down into the soul process is super fun and really exciting i think especially for characters that I I might be um you know when I'm trying to be funny we'll make fun of um, I'm not very funny but then <laughs> so, so I'm sure that I must have I must have made a bunch of jokes around Max about like oh I hate so and so or whatever but um I think like most I can't think of a character off the top of my head in a long time where I felt like ugh I'm usually very excited by the possibility and uh, the potential of every character good bad you know dorky uh, subdued whatever um it's always fun to find their soul i'm thinking of a situation where you hate when villains walk into a room clapping <laughs> and say well 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 that that's is totally true. different i said situations don't nick don't cut this from the podcast <laughs> this is important i was i didn't send this question to either of you but i actually wrote down are there any lines of dialogue that you're not a fan of because it's overdone? Like Lauren's not a fan of, we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. Oh, we're not Lauren, so get on your soapbox. Yeah, this I'll, I'll keep it, I'll keep it brief. But, <laughs> but yeah, we're not so different, you and I. And then um oh, oh wait, I know the exact phrasing for this one, but I'm gonna mess it up. So c- cut this part out. Um <laughs> I'm not thinking about this, I know it off the top of my head. Um oh so I used to be a big fan of, when I first started writing, of the phrase, you're going to pay for that. <laughs> He's going to pay for that. She is going to pay for that. <laughs> and then one of my most adored uh, writing mentors, um, Michael Kirkbride, was like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he banned it um, from Batman the Enemy Within. No oh, one is going to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I think just a part of my brain is like no more of that. But the 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 god of things that I hate is definitely 
<laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> and in the first draft of uh, this man keeps coming up, but in the first draft of um, Emperor Nefarious's intro, our lead animator, who I absolutely love and adore and is an amazing talent, asked <laughs> the animation team to have him come in clapping. And I was like, I'm so sorry. But please. <laughs> please, no. And so now that's like a running joke. <laughs> we'll be in meetings and he'll go. No. <laughs> so that's mine. But I'm curious about you. What do you think, Alyssa? <laughs> oh, geez. No, that's such a good answer. I'm like trying to think of, I'm trying to think of mine. I, hey, so my favorite thing, actually, my favorite thing to hate in terms of like weird random story stuff to write is i actually secretly really hate reconciliation <laughs> like oh. <laughs> you know okay this sounds really bad but <laughs> um you know i love to write conflict i love to write just people tearing each other to pieces emotionally and i love to write people like putting themselves and each other back together sometimes wrong mm-hmm. um but i I feel like reconciliation is actually really, really hard to write in a way that feels satisfying. And I think that maybe the reason I personally hate writing it is I haven't really, I haven't really found a way to make it feel earned mm-hmm. in a very organic way. Um, which is not as, as cool an answer as like, <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> Disagree. I think that's a great answer. <laughs> There's, there's gotta be stuff. I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, all of the stuff that I could think of was basically people being like, well, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I just need to see it from your point of view. I'm like, no, fight, fuck them up. Like, let's go. <laughs> but I guess, no, maybe, like, uh, maybe that's a form of uh, <laughs> reconciliation. It's like the whole, you know, you beat some, just beating the, the crap out of each other. And then in the end, like, what? This is the worst version of this. What are we fighting for? It's like Pokemon the movie. Brother, <laughs> oh, Pokemon the movie. But that's good, Lauren. Bro- no, it's great. That's why I'm saying it. It's perfect, right? <laughs> oh, I love Pokemon the movie. Wow. Right? No, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. But it's, uh, you know, punch each other and everyone's crying. Like, why are we doing, why are we doing this, man? Yeah, just turn to stone. Clone. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, that yeah. is the perfect moment of reconciliation. <laughs> that's true. Okay, that's a flawless moment of reconciliation where all the Pokemon tears heal Ash. Like, that's... <laughs> absolutely perfect but other than Um, that i do agree with you (laughs) i i am a huge fan though of like let's punch it out like we have lots of feelings let's punch it out and then Mm -hmm. let's kiss like that is like Mm -hmm. my favorite favorite shit she really said fight or fuck i yeah (laughs) the one flaw of ratchet and clank they didn't kiss in the end no one kissed Uh, (laughs) (laughs) cursed (laughs) who would even who would even kiss they kissed their little champagne glasses. That would be cute. Every everybody everybody needs to kiss. That's that's my that's true. Everyone needs horrifying a agenda. <laughs> I don't think, everyone needs to kiss. I don't think there's any writer that needs convincing of that. It's the other people that is the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's funny because I'm usually like, well, that's not true. On on Ratchet and Clank, I was definitely um, I don't think this is podcast worthy, but I didn't really want like romance to be a big part of that game because to me there's like so many other um human emotions that we were trying to explore there especially for like a younger audience Mm -hmm. so like a lot so i know like very many 
very funny and charming um, for those who have played it. Uh, Pierre Lines, who's like a very flirty pirate. Yeah. We're left. Yeah. <laughs> those were left on the floor because <laughs> there are times I'm like, I don't know, that might be a little too much. So I uh, was, what, what's the opposite of Cupid? I was that. Occasionally, <laughs> <laughs> running around yanking arrows out of people. <laughs> I was, I was anti-kiss. Oh, <sighs> cursed! What a terrible position. No one likes that person. But normally, pro-kiss. <laughs> what is I, the opposite I, of Cupid? Aries or something. <laughs> Hades. Hades. Oh, no. I bet no, he Hades would love is kissing. romantic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Jersey Devil. <laughs> So I don't know. The Jersey Devil might be hot. Like we don't. Yeah, know. we don't know. Don't we don't know them. <laughs> yeah, the, that's the charm of a cryptid. You just never know. Mm-hmm. Cryptid could be hot. Who knows? <laughs> that's true. But to get back, I just wanted to say before this rover, two lines I don't want to hear again are in English, please, or any variation of that, or Ooh. there's a storm coming. But, oh. but also, I kind of see it as a challenge, like. I should be a good enough writer. Like I can make that work somehow. That's an important distinction. Cause I think mm. that just because, so I know for me, like just cause I don't like something doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that I personally am not a fan. So for everyone who loves villains walking into a room, clapping, saying, well, 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 <laughs> you live your bliss. Don't let me tear you down. <laughs> don't let me discourage you from, from making your dreams reality. That's an important distinction. It is. And this is like a non-joke answer. I forgot where I heard this from. But it was like years ago. I think it was for movies, but it's like, no matter what, whatever you make, if it's like a book or a movie or, t- or a game, it's like, this will be someone's first game or whatever. The first yeah. time they experience this moment. Even if you hate it, it's like, they're going to think it's the greatest thing ever. Oh. Man, that's so smart. That's so true. That, that's a really great insight. Yeah. Yeah. That is really, that is really good insight. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm writing the clap into Spider-Man, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Yeah, don't limit your creativity just because some lady on a podcast said something. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Yeah. Oh, oh, I did actually. I'm so sorry to be the doubter here, but I did think of something that I I, I refuse to do, which is the one thing that I'm like, I, I just won't do it is... Um, jokes making fun of people's names i'm like i won't do it oh interesting absolutely not Mm -hmm. 100 percent no and i think i was thinking about it i'm like i think what it actually is is like when you grow up (laughs) i was gonna say when you specifically this is my my background as like a chinese american kid um when you grow up with a lot of people um whose whose names get made fun of all the Mm -hmm. time you're just like that's not i'm just not doing it you know, it doesn't matter if this is like we're talking about the villain or whatever. Like you just it's it's my personal thing. I'm like, I just won't. I just won't do it. There are plenty of other things to make fun of people for. But names for me are just off the table. That's great. That That's a really, really good point. Uh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's like a, I feel like anything that a person can't control is like kind of a messed up thing to make fun of. I know like something that I've said and I've said multiple times when working on something is like, I mean, yeah, you could write that joke, but then someone who's playing the game, who, you know, is, you know, shares that common trait, now now they're upset. Like, they're playing the game and now they're being insulted. It, it, there's just no positive to making fun of another person, especially for something like that. 
there's you don't gain it's not it's not funny <laughs> mm-hmm. um so that, that's really interesting it's very insightful yeah sorry it took me that long to figure out a thing but no that means it's a great closer for that whole section yeah that was a great thing. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I've run it down. My bad. Um, no, 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 please. Are there any game stories or pieces of writing in games lately that either of you thought were something special but went largely unnoticed by the general public? Emperor Nefarious. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> John well, Carpenter knows. Know? Like, people know now. Yeah, people, they're, they're like, bull, they're very aware at this point. <laughs> I am... I would put lots of money on there being a lot of very spicy Emperor Nefarious fan art. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's a knowing laugh from no- lower than me <laughs> you don't know who you're talking to <laughs> see it's so funny because like a part of me is like oh yes let's talk about our son <laughs> but now I'm like I'm actually genuinely curious because I know you can, cut, you can cut this you can cut this part out Nick I won't tell anyone but when I looked at the questions in advance I thought about <laughs> I was thinking about my answer to this and I'm really curious to hear Alyssa's answer to this. Because I, I know I went through a few in my mind where I'm like, thinking about the nuance of the question, where I'm like, well, the general public doesn't know that, like, a Spider-Man or a Ratchet and Clank or, like, a Star Wars game, no one knows any of that stuff exists. Got a, got a who? You know? <laughs> so I'm, like, curious to see how you interpreted that question. Ooh. So I feel like, so my answer for this question is actually, um, Unpacking? Have you guys played Unpacking? Not yet. It's very good. It's very good. Oh, it's so good. Um, I mean, I love it because you get, I mean, so there's no dialogue, but it's got some of the most, uh, lovely environmental storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a very clear through line and plot and, and character. It's a lot of really lovely character work. Um, but it's all done through objects and placement, and I think it's I think it's brilliant. Um, I think about it all the time. Which uh, apologies to the devs, that's probably creepy, but I do think <laughs> about it all the time. <laughs> it's great. That's I. Uh, I'm sure to say this without spoiling anything. Um, there's like a part of that game where you're like obviously unpacking, you're putting your things away, and there's this one object. Maybe spoilers, mm-hmm. light spoilers. Um, there's one object you're trying to figure out where it goes. I'm like, oh man, I just cannot find a place for this. And then you see the places, you realize the places that you could put it. And you're like, oh, <laughs> like yeah. that was such a great moment where you're like, oh, oh, <laughs> that, that fucked me up. I was like, oh no. You're like, this isn't oh. good. Let's get Yikes. to level five or <laughs> like, oh, I don't like this level anymore. I was having fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm being attacked. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was And great. then afterwards you're like, oh, next level you're like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, you, oh, God. Yeah. And not a spoken word. Beautiful. Beautifully done. Really stunning. Really stunning. Lord, what's your answer? So I have a couple. Um, but I'm, uh, my first one, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep it quick because I don't want to overspeak uh, on this, but like one that um, I've been playing recently is called Fears to Fathom. And the pitch is essentially that it's like, uh, if, you've, if you ever um, read Let's Not Meet on uh, Reddit, the idea Ooh. is that, yeah, so the idea is it's like real life scary stories. It's like things that have actually theoretically happened to people. 
<laughs> and fears to fathom, the concept is that these are real life things that could happen to you. And there's only a couple episodes out right now. And they're, they're very bite-sized. You could play them in from you know 15 minutes to a couple hours. Um, and the first one is uh, you're home alone and someone is trying to get inside. No! <laughs> and the second one is um, you went to a gaming convention. You're on your way home in a creepy town in the middle of the night. And you have no signal and your car just ran out of gas. So it's like... These very simple human concepts, and there's like, there's no jump scares, but it's so scary and so unsettling, and they take no time to play, and they're, if I remember correctly, they're super cheap. The second episode just came out, and it's so good, and it's fun to like, sit on Discord with some friends and play it, because you're so on edge. Um, And then this isn't that recent, but I always have to recommend people play Devotion. Um which is a game that came out of uh, Taiwan. It is basically, the long story short is it's like a horror, experiential horror, Edith Finch, um, where you're basically experiencing the life of this family um, that's overcome by their like sort of religion and their beliefs and seeing how all of them sort of express that in their day-to-day life. It's, honestly one of my favorite games of all time it's not that recent but they've only been allowed to sell it within the last year so i would highly recommend devotion (laughs) by red candle games um it's it's an incredible experience incredible easily like top three games of all time very good wow it's very good (laughs) so i always have to drop a little something for them when i can (laughs) (laughs) all this will be on our show notes (laughs) okay good because i too want to look these up um and also i know what i'm doing tonight (laughs) (laughs) just playing a bunch of horror games (laughs) oh hell yeah absolutely um god i love horror games they're so delicious yes 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 yes. i agree okay i was gonna ask this one question i'll go back to it later because you both love horror so much what draws you to to horror storytelling Well, so I just talked a bunch. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It's so fun, you know? Um, it's so immediate. Like, you, you have that immediate hook in. You're like, oh, I can't look away, which I find very exciting. I love, I love adrenaline. I love spooky shit. I love knowing what can, what can happen and also not knowing what can happen at the same time. Um, I guess it's anticipation. Um, and I just, I just love monsters. I think monsters are so sexy. Um, (laughs) I mean, listen, we were playing, uh, Bloodborne and I was like, man, look at all these beautiful monsters. Tell (laughs) them, go off. My spouse is like, uh, and I was like, no, you don't understand. All these monsters are super hot. Like, Tell them, queen. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, no, for sure. So, I mean, that is my, I mean. So yeah, I mean, I love I love monsters. I love stories about monsters. I love s- stories where humans are trying to deal with monsters. I love stories where monsters are trying to deal with humans. Um, mm. And semi coincidentally, a lot of these things, um, very real, like violence with physical and emotional, all tend to fall into horror um, because they tend to be uncomfortable for some you know for for people to to think about. And that's actually part of the attraction I think for a lot of people. Horror is a great way to experience um, 
you know, risk and, and fear and all kinds of really complicated emotions without also actually putting your real self on the line. Um, so yeah, no, I love, I love horror and it's not just because monsters are hot, but also because <laughs> monsters are hot. <laughs> Amazing. That's, good. Amazing. That's a, such a good answer. That's a, it's confessionals <laughs> hour, I guess. <laughs> I live for it. And it's funny because actually in the end of your answer, you explained why I love it. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> um, I know. So for me, I'm like a. I'm sure no one. Can, no one can relate, especially crazy people. No one can relate to this. I'm very unique in this, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is like I feel like I live on 100 stress at all times. Oh, like God. I'm definitely <laughs> like I'm doomsday prepper. I'm like scared of oh oh well if i walk too fast on the sidewalk i'm gonna trip and smash my head on the concrete like i'm like that kind of person lauren loves earthquakes <laughs> i love oh, no i love earthquakes it's moving out of california <laughs> <laughs> um but so I, i'm always very high stress and so i feel like when i engage in um fiction whether it's uh a game a movie i love like haunted like you know, haunted houses where you go and it's like the Halloween type haunted houses, not like literally haunted houses. But I, I love stuff like that because it is is such a safe way to experience that fear and it makes it real. Where you're like, oh, like all this stuff that I feel on a regular basis, for just a moment, it's real. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was a, this kind of, this kind of uh, ridiculous, but when the, <laughs> when the pandemic first started, I was really obviously very scared. I'm still, you know, it's very nerve wracking. But like there was one moment where I was loading up the groceries, <laughs> six tons of toilet paper. You wouldn't even believe <laughs> when you were putting everything in the car. And I remember looking at my fiance and being like, you know, I actually feel very at peace right now because I feel like everyone understands me. <laughs> it's like for one moment we're all on that same ridiculous wavelength of like <laughs> just being very afraid um which is you know that was for a snapshot <laughs> but i think that that's like what horror brings out it gives you a safe place to feel all those emotions get it out of your system and then continue on with life uh so it's like it's fun it's great it's exciting there's a lot of tension you get to get it out and by the end, you're like, oh, relaxed. That was great. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Sort of exorcism of stress. Wow. Yes. <laughs> you cut her saying that. It's sort of like an exorcism. Smooth. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but no, that's a great way of putting it. That's a that's a very, very good point. <laughs> Uh, when both of you start a project or even start like a scene or something, what's the first thing you, you need to nail down for yourself? Is it the tone? Is it the characters? Is it the story itself? The plot? Like, what is it? Hey, I went first last time. It was your turn. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, shit. It's so funny because I, I was quietly staring at my microphone like, well, I just talked a bunch. Um, <laughs> I do no, appreciate no. quick sidebar that she and I both, you and I both are like, oh, we speak two senses. We're like, oh my God. Oh my God. I said too much. Uh, <laughs> I've shut this whole production down with all my thoughts. Make it end. Um, we <laughs> no, asked you please, two to be talk. here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, 
I really like to figure out the character arcs first because I feel like I've found that for me personally, when I figure out uh, the character arcs, like the characters drive the story and to me their problems and goals sort of co- they create theme in my mind and start make it becoming more make it become more clear. Um, whereas like I, I sort of struggle starting from a theme for some reason or, and I definitely struggle from starting from a plot. Because then I feel like I'm retrofitting everything else onto that instead of having it uh, come about organically. Um, so, like, when I was working on Walking Dead, for example, um, I was lead writer of episode three of the final season. And when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about it from, like, all the characters' perspectives. I'm like, okay, like, what what are they all really going through right now? What do they all need to figure out, like, our A-cast? Um, and to me, it was like, they're all facing the demons of their past. It's like they're all going to have moments where they have to really overcome the things that they that are holding them back and that they're struggling with. And then through that is how we're going to reach our finale. But they all need to come to terms with that and either evolve or not um, from those decisions. And so then I was like, oh, well, that's that's the theme. Facing your demons. Um, and then from there, it's like you can come up with the for me, I come up with the pieces uh, to how how to reach the natural conclusion. Um, whereas I, I have worked on things where it's like, okay, well, we have like the pieces here and now you need to retrofit a character arc. Oh man. Like that's where I, I do enjoy those puzzles. Um, like it's super fun, but it's also very daunting because you're like, okay, well, there's certain things that you just can't do. And I think that that's where, when people engage with that art, it doesn't feel as natural because you're like, well, wh- why would they do that? Well, I, I don't think they would do that. I don't, how did they... Well, that was too fast. It's sort of like you were talking about earlier. was that reconciliation. If you're, like, retrofitting a reconciliation onto a plot, <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> how did we get from A to B on this? So, for me, it's definitely the characters. It's their story. Um, it's their beginning, middle, and end. And everything else is a, a servant to that. I think that's such a great answer. Um, Get out of here. No, it's really... Okay, so it's not only is it a really good answer, I feel like I'm a cop-out being like... I also also start from from character, and for the same reasons, I think. um, Especially when I'm writing a comic script, um, I'm like, I have 20 pages. Certain set number of things need to happen. How do I do that really fast without it feeling like I'm just, like, shoving you through all of these... A bunch of events that don't matter. And it always boils, or like even a short story, right? I'm like, I have 4,000 words. How do I make you have, like, how do I make you have, like, a mind blowing religious experience um, in like 10 pages? Um, It's really hard, but but it always comes back down to character and voice for me. Um, I don't know a character until I know their voice. And for me, that's just a lot of like raw exploration. But I feel like there are two, there are a couple things that I always come down to um, that I love doing in scenes and that people get mad at me for doing. Um, I love to figure out like, I'm like, what do you want more than anything? How do I give it to you? And then have you fuck it up? <laughs> um, you know, it's like, how do, how do I offer it to you? And then you have you fucking, you know, whiff the ball in the last. <laughs> what quarter or whatever right um or how do i how do i offer it to you 
And how does you saying, yes, I'm going to take this fuck over everybody else in a way that breaks something almost irreparably in your relationships? I, I need to write a lot more happy stories. Oh my God. It sounds so bad. No, I love it. Um, you know, I, I find that, um, I find that there are definitely like themes and patterns that I come back to because I'm obsessed. Um, and, um, some of my favorites are like the, the character who's like, there's something terribly wrong with me. Um, at least that's what people say, but I don't feel it. Or the character who's like, People say there's something terribly wrong with me, and they're probably right. And then they meet someone who's like, actually, you're wrong. They're wrong. The thing that you hate about yourself is the thing that is most beautiful about you. It is the root of your power, and I'm going to teach you how to use it to get everything you want. And it's always this like very poisoned, very poisoned bargain. But also, if you think about it, that is also like the root of like, is, but isn't that love, though, is finding the person who accepts you and, like, reminds you that the thing that you're anxious about is actually a strength. Um, it's, like, I like to write twisted love, but I also, like, secretly am, like, I feel like the most powerful thing about love is finding somebody who is able to show you that you're worth everything, you know? Um... Anyway, this is why I love to write monsters falling in love. <laughs> um. I'm like, uh, can you not make me sob at 8.27 p.m. on a Tuesday? <laughs> Lord has to work tomorrow. <laughs> Her beautiful words? No, that's so well said. That's like... <laughs> no, I just love, I love feelings. I love making people feel things. And mm-hmm. I love... I love being like, hello, character. I love you so much while petting them and holding, like, a hammer in the other hand. Ready to just <laughs> fucking kneecap them. I'm like, this is going to be so good for you. <laughs> Go on and get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so, Lauren, are there any themes or, like, stories of characters that you return to in your writing all the time? Yeah, it's funny because when you were saying that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I, I see sort of a, a similarity in, um, not necessarily in the exact... Uh, way you were describing the characters, but like thick daddies. Yeah, thick daddies. <laughs> thick daddies only. Um, <laughs> no, like the two things I find myself returning to a lot, and that are two of my favorite. Like I don't know, they're probably tropes. Is, <laughs> is I love characters who are um, when you meet them, like the kindest, softest, like most gentle and kind people, or whatever it doesn't have to be people robots etc <laughs> um like characters and then when you get to know them you realize that there's something in there that like they have a very dark past or they've gone through something that's really difficult and it's something that they suppress and like work against um in the two things that i was lead on like in in walking dead it's character james who was like a a whisperer which in, in the walking dead lore is like they're they're not good <laughs> Um, but he is now like total pacifist, pure pacifist. And a lot of players like hated him for that. Cause he'd be like, you can't even kill zombies. And they're like, huh? <laughs> um, but that's because he was fighting against that darkness in his past of like, I used to kill human beings. And that's like something that a lot of other characters, you know, might not relate to or, um, don't think is good. And then like in Ratchet and Clank, it's Kit who, when you meet her is so soft and so gentle and so sweet, but in her background, she was uh you know a, a soldier who you know hurt people 
And so that's something that really haunts her. And to me, like characters like that are so interesting, especially because you wonder, are they ever going to have that moment where they like, talk about their past or return to that side of themselves? And that to me is so interesting because it's the, that, that dichotomy. And the other dichotomy I love is like characters who come off as really hard or like really, you know, either it's evil or mean or um, vicious, whatever, assholes. And then you find out that like that aggression and that personality is coming from a softness inside. It's like a, one of my favorite characters of all time is Homelander from The Boys. Um who's a character who's like very evil and very aggressive and very scary, but it's all coming from, I want to be loved. It's like, I want to be genuinely loved and no one will genuinely love me. And that to me is like such an interesting character because they're so like breakable and so, but they seem like they're unbreakable. They seem like they're rock, but they're actually like glass. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I love like, those two characters where you get to look forward to seeing that other side of them and get to anticipate the reaction of other characters when they experience that other side of them. Like that to me is just inherent drama. That's like so emotional and so cool and so interesting. So those are two things that I find myself returning to a lot that I really like. I love that. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) Okay. Other, other than, other than, uh, space pinup boy emperor nefarious i say uh kit is kit is my favorite i adore her i'm glad you love the goyle baby i lo- i'm like i love this precious baby she's perfect and then, and then when it was like oh i have a past as a killer robot i was like yes you were my child i must protect you so perfect did you ever work with deborah wilson at uh epic or blizzard no no you would love Deborah. Deborah is like the most like outgoing and interesting person I've ever met in my life. And she's like, oh yeah, I've like never played a video game. But she does touch, <laughs> but she cares. She cares so much. Like she would stay in character between takes. And then at the end would be like, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to inhabit this character's soul. And then we'd talk about all the things that she loved about them. And she'll do that for a character who's like goon number three. <laughs> I'm going to cry. This is so wonderful. She's an icon. icon. Like, if, you, if you ever have the opportunity, be like, we need to hire her. It shouldn't take a lot because she, she's like, yeah, she has to be legendary at this point. But like, truly one of the widest ranges of an actor I've ever seen. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, my God. She's currently playing Amanda in Waller in the Suicide Squad game. So. Oh wow! Oh shit! Yeah. Yep. Yep. She's incredible. She was Amanda Waller in our in Telltale's Batman as well, which is how I originally knew of her, which made me laugh. I was like, "Oh, this is like she plays the the perfect Waller. <laughs> She's so funny. She's great." That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I love the I love the types of characters where you're like, "Here's what you get on the surface, but there is something else going on." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love the you know that boy ain't right. Kind of thing. Um. <laughs> wow. This is another. I, I already did the joke, but I'm tempted to do the joke again. <laughs> Cut that and let me steal it. That, that's a great way to. That's a great way to put it. But speaking of which, speaking of Amanda Waller and he should not be named anymore. What makes a good villain? Cool. Fuckability. 
sexy. Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you, yeah. Oh, sexy. <laughs> that's going to be the one, that's going to be one of the audio clips for this episode, Nick. <laughs> Great. Well, let, let's, you know, she and I can review this and see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but for real, my answer is sexy because... <laughs> Because um, I personally, I think villains should be appealing. I really mm-hmm. do, and I think there are lots of ways for someone to be appealing. Um, obviously, there's like, oh, look how hot this person is. Um, but I also find—I might have mentioned this already—I find vulnerability very, very sexy. Mm-hmm. And when you have someone who is despicable, but like, as Lauren said, there's like that glass heart underneath. Um, I have okay. So, when you when you have someone who's despicable with a glass heart underneath, there are a couple of different reactions you can have. All of them are beautiful. Um, there's the oh my god, actually this person is tender. I, you know, this appeals to me. I want to save them. Another reaction is this person is tender. Look at this glass heart. I want to smash it, which is also <laughs> beautiful. Um, and I feel like these are the two different two different types of appeal, and they might both appeal the same person like i don't know me um so <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean okay i'm sorry this is going off the cut loose it's late <laughs> it's late. i'm sorry <laughs> it's late i had ramen at like noon and like i have not eaten since um, <laughs> okay but for real i think that vulnerability is what makes villains feel approachable and and human um sexiness is the appeal to our our base desires and you know and also villains have the most fun like you get to you get to break rules you get to be chaotic you get to cause problems and let someone else solve them and what is more appealing than that in my opinion mm-hmm. i love villain protagonists that my favorite to write yes it's so funny because so this is gonna sound pretentious as fuck, but I was like, <laughs> and then my, I was like, you know, it's is it really heroes and villains, or is it protagonists and antagonists? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but are you wrong though? Because like, <laughs> it really it's like because I agree with you. It's like I said, one of my favorite villains of all time is Homelander, who's like a you know is, who's a hero but also a villain. But some of my favorite heroes are like Emperor Cusco from Emperor's New Groove, <laughs> and like Hiei from the Yu Yu Show. Which is yes. yeah. <laughs> where it's like these characters who are they are heroes, but they're also not. <laughs> like they're the worst, but also the best. I love like that like conflicting feeling that like you know like antagonists can give you. Where you're like, mm. are mm. it's like the oh we the baddies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it all maybe like the core of it, and this isn't unique to villains. I think it's just like for your main cast, like heroes and villains. It's like they need to have a to me like a convincing thought process. So it's like even if what they're doing isn't something that you agree with or would do, you're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> like I think to me that's what like a great hero or great villain kind of like needs to have it's where you can look past like their d- despicability or whatever and at least be like 
you know what? I, I don't agree with it, but I see where they're coming from. hundred <laughs> percent. But that's definitely as a plus to what Alyssa said, because I agree with everything that she said. <laughs> everything that she said. That's my plus one. <laughs> okay, okay. But like, I, but you're, you're so right. I mean, Spider-Man game is what made me care about Doc Ock. Hmm. Um, I, I cried. I, I cried so much. Like an embarrassing amount over Doc Ock after playing Spider-Man game. I was like, <laughs> I can't believe, I can't believe y'all made me care about the guy, the, about the, about the nerdy guy with the arms, like a hundred percent. So much. I just, you know, I think that if you can make people, if you can really make people care, then I think you've succeeded. Mm-hmm. Um, I desperately, I desperately want to care about every character. And I know every story has eight bajillion characters. But like, you know, I love, I love the, I love the goons, you know? I love, um, I love random side characters. I, I want to love the protagonist. I want to love the antagonist. I want, you know, I'm, I'm over here like, please give me a reason to care. Mm-hmm. Because I am just waiting for it. And the moment you give me just the tiniest sliver of a reason to care, I'll just be like, I care so much. I just care so much. Um, so I think a good villain makes you care. And is hot. <laughs> <laughs> I went from like, it's re- you can't see me, but I'm being like nodding. Because I, I make too many vocalizations when you're talking like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. So no, I stopped and I was just nodding. And then you said that and I was like, oh. <laughs> you're not wrong though. This is semi-related to this, but Alyssa, you saying like you want to care so much and like you used to play JRPGs, but do you, are you more like not short tempered, but do you give games enough, like a lot of time to get you on board or do you value your own time more? So this is really funny because I have a very different answer for this with games and with books. Um, with games, I actually, so I'm really, really picky. So, um, and also very stingy. So I'll like be like, okay. I have made the decision to buy this game. I have spent money on this game. I'm going to put eight bajillion hours into this game. Um, there is a game that I will not name that I still think is not, I still don't love it. I have put like 400 hours into this game and I'm like, I don't oh love you. <laughs> Every day I try to love you, but I don't love you. Um, and I have very specific opinions on why I don't love that game. But I think it's very ambitious, and I respect it. I just don't actually like it. Alyssa, you are literally the <laughs> meme that you see on Twitter. Take a screenshot of the Steam review, and it's like, <laughs> they played like 1,200 hours. They're like, honestly, trash. <laughs> that, I love that. That is, I think I've, there's a lot of things I love about you, and that might be number one. <laughs> yeah, drag her, Lauren. No, that's, that, that's not a roast. That's a genuine adoration. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, this is this is me as a gamer. I'm just like a hundred percent. I'm just like I don't, I don't like this, and I, and I, I'm so, I'm so invested, and I do not love this game. Um, but as a as a as a reader, I'm like, I, I'm like five, I'm like four pages in. I'm not feeling it. I'm outie. You know. This also. This also contributes to why my finish rate in novels is very low. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, I've only got one life. Like I don't I don't want to spend it 
I don't want to spend it reading this novel when I could be putting 200 more hours into a game I'm not feeling. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, man. I, th- I feel like the thing with games, too, is like, oftentimes with the kinds of games that I like, there are other random things that I could be doing that make me, that could fulfill me. Um, I have managed to take pretty much every game ever that I've played and somehow turning into turned it into a farming sim. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, listen. Listen. It's true. Um, I love, for example, I love Starbound. I love going to different planets and trying to find seeds and plants and taking them back to my home base, which I have not actually built very well, and just farm infinitely for a billion years. I play Dragon Age Inquisition. All I do is gather materials and make clothes. Like, I... <laughs> I have, and do all of the optional character romances. Every single one of them, gotta do them all. Um, that's, that's how I play pretty much every game. I just love farming sims. I was gonna say that that's my new favorite thing about you. But now I'm mad, because that was the perfect answer. (laughs) Oh no, sorry! So, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, um... (laughs) Wait, wait. I want to hear Lord's answer to Max's question, but before we do, if you just goes, Alyssa, talk about the dichotomy between playing this game, you know, like and reading. What about reading in games? Will you read everything in a game, or does that have to suffer the same? That's a good thing? question. That's a great. Oh question. shit, that's a really good question. It depends on the game. Do you read the Skyrim books? Do you want my horrible confession? I've never played Skyrim. Don't do it. <laughs> what about Mass Effect? Don't say that. Um, okay, yes, I will. So I will read. I will often. It's so it's funny. I'm like it depends how compelling the actual like the quote unquote actual gameplay is. Um, I am still like I'm never gonna get over. Uh, God, what was it? It was one of it was a Dishonored expansion, I think. So where you go into the vault and I can't remember what, which which piece it was, but you go into a vault and you um, find uh, somebody's dis- somebody's confiscated uh, fanfic of. Corvo and the Outsider. It's uh, Corvid and the Stranger. Hmm. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever read in my life. It's like a random piece of lore that you can find, which is a confiscated on the grounds of sacrilege uh, play, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I will read it. I will read the lore in games. Um, But it really depends on how arresting or how immediate to various characters I find the lore. Um, because if it's just like, if it's like tangentially related, it's like here, are like here's a storybook set in the world of the game, uh, cut into twelve pieces that you can find maybe somewhere in the world. I'm like, I'm, I mean, great, but I also actually want to play this game. But if it's like very like, if it feels like it's really integrated with like the the wants of the characters and like what they're actually going through. I will read fucking anything. <laughs> a bajillion pages. Next <laughs> if I think it has anything to do with like the people that I'm invested in. Good answer. <laughs> I approve. Now, Lord answer Max. Okay. Well, wait, hang on. Okay. So first I'm going to, you didn't ask for this, but I'm going to answer that too. <laughs> <laughs> no one asked for this. They cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, cut this out. <laughs> it's not going to be a great answer. Anyway. But 
But no, it's so funny because I was really, I had really high anxiety about like, what if this came up before we came into here? Because one of, I know one of my great, one of my greatest shames is not engaging with lore and like world building as much as I probably should. Um, which sort of connects back to Max's question in a second. No one will know. It's all cut anyway. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's like you said. If it's connected to the character, what's happening immediately? I'm so in. But the thing is, is like it, it. It's like I know that. So it's not my thing. But I know that there are people who will sit there and read every book and like really get into the lore and really get into all these like little tiny beats and i'm so glad that people write them but i know that i'm not the person who's gonna do that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) because my brain just goes oh no it's not it's not real (laughs) i don't know why i do that because none of it's real it's fiction but (laughs) for some reason my brain is like this is one extension too far past reality And so I'm like, oh, no, I can't. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, your words are so good. And they're probably... Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Which goes to Max's question. Okay, (laughs) cut. Now we can start. Um, So to answer Max... um, (laughs) uh, I, notoriously, with every single thing I engage in in life, um, I have a very, like, low patience for anything like if something i always get teased by my fiance i was like something doesn't engage me in like the first 10 minutes and he's like nah, i don't know about that no i will literally fall asleep it's like <laughs> for, i'll fall asleep i fell asleep uh 10 minutes into john wick 2 i have fallen <laughs> no. asleep during every fast and the furious movie i've ever been to <laughs> i can't help it i don't know why i just get tired and I just, like, can't engage. But if I like something, I will be on it until, like, for days. I'll, you can't stop me. Oh. <laughs> so I make a 20-minute nap, and then I'm like, okay, let's get going. And it's funny, because, like, one of the things, one of my favorite games of all time is Disco Elysium. And oh, yeah. Don't get her started. <laughs> don't get me started. And the funny thing to me is that some people, like, I'll introduce people, and they're like, I don't know, like... It's a lot of reading. Like, I don't know if I can get past the first, you know, 20 minutes is a lot. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm so impatient with, like, other people. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, not understanding at all. No empathy. I'm like, what do you... <laughs> I turned to a cyber bully. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, you're oh you're too tired? You're, you're not patient <laughs> enough to engage with one of the greatest pieces of writing of all time? Oh, that's crazy. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm not. I mean it. But <laughs> she fired me so many times because I didn't wouldn't play Disco Elysium on Ratchet. <laughs> and then she hired him back. We started playing Danganronpa. It's true. is also a great game. Great game. Um, very different reasons, but a great game. <laughs> um, Byakuya, another example. Half villain, half hero. For the oh. five people who played that game. Yeah, no, you're right, though. <laughs> Togami? But you're right. Great character. Uh, <laughs> See, Lissa, more of a queen every single minute she talks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like most of the time I'm, I'm very impatient, but it has nothing to do with the art and just due to, like, my particular taste. Listen, my great, my great shame question mark. I say it's shame, but I'm not actually shamed of this at all. I fell asleep during like the big fight scene in Rogue One, I was like, I'm out. Like, I'm tired. Like, good Your night. brain really said. 
Rogue One's okay. <laughs> Dude, it's my big Star Wars shame because I know I know people are like, I fucking love Rogue One, and I'm like, I'm so happy you do because my my brain was not having it that day. It was like, I'm I'm out. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm not here for this. Goodbye. <laughs> I just wanted more criminals. I was like, your whole backstory is please also please feel free to cut all of this. <laughs> don't don't. <laughs> my my rogue one thing is she's like, I'm a criminal. I rebel. I do crimes. I'm like, could you use your background as a criminal to literally do crimes once in this fucking movie? Could you please rebel literally once in this movie? Please. I'm begging you. I just look, I just want I just want so many more crimes in Star Wars. I'm just like, please, more crimes. Well, good thing you're writing it now. Oh, that's true. I am writing lots of crimes in Star Wars. That's what nice. a beautiful job. Queen. I love I love writing crimes in Star Wars. Iconic. And now we're going to our last batch of questions. Um, each episode we have our guests ask a question to our next episode's guests. And our last one we had Gregory Loudon and AV Coronan asking the questions. AV asked, Do you have any pet peeves when it comes to world building? Is there anything you always want to avoid? Is there some sort of signature thing you always want to include in the stories you craft? Oh wow. Um so any pet peeves when it comes to world building? Well, as I shamefully admitted earlier, I don't engage with a lot of lore as much as I should, but I do love the world building that I encounter um, within like the individual character interactions that you have and when you're exploring. So I think like for me, the one thing that I find pulls me out of the experience or it makes me like, I don't know, I, I, you can't see the face I'm making, but like, ugh, is um, I'm not a big fan of um, meta jokes or commentary um i don't really like when something references itself unless that's what the the story or game is about i mean i'm not a big fan of like uh inside jokes from like the people who made it or like inside jokes from like uh our modern times so if you're like oh that's that's lit fam and then hit a dab i'm just like so (laughs) pulled out of like i i feel ripped out of that experience where i'm like oh like it just is very jarring to me um which again i'm gonna say so over and over again just because somebody on a podcast said it doesn't mean that that's a you know a thing that no one should do it's just like it's just not for me and it's not something that i really like doing like i know on ratchet i think uh, if there was any modern humor i was like, uh, this is going to age it. It's going to date it. It's going to date it. It's going to date it. Um, the only meta thing, I think... The only meta things that we have in our game are references to um, people that we care about. Like, that to me is a little different. But I, I get so pulled out. If it's, like, something that's, like... Uh, oh, check out Instagram. I'm like, oh, oh, no. Because <laughs> that might not exist one day. If you hear something with, like, oh, uh, look at this hilarious vine. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, huh? Like, your jokes and all this stuff just ages so quickly. I just don't feel like it has a place in, in world building, even if it's a story that's set in a modern setting. Um, so I think for me, that's probably like the biggest thing. I can't remember if there was a second half to that question, but that was... The Is there some sort of signature thing you always want to include in the stories you craft? Oh, that's so interesting. So like a signature thing, when I hear that, my brain is like, Oh, what's like a thing that you want people to remember you for? I don't know if that was the intention, but I don't want to be seen or acknowledged. 
But <laughs> nobody look at me. <laughs> nobody. Yeah, that's kind of my philosophy in life is nobody look at me. But for myself, um, I think the thing that I love doing, I guess, if you if you want to call it a signature, which, by the way, these, this is a very fun question. I like it a lot is um, I like to give people and people might just be me sometimes what they want. <laughs> so <laughs> like I to me, some of the most satisfying experiences are like coming up with um, the the man who keeps getting brought up, um, like defeating Emperor Nefarious. Like to me, that was like such a important moment of catharsis, especially for that character, like for Rivet. Um, it's like that needed to feel like a really good moment where you're like, yeah, just stick your middle fingers up to him. Like, yeah, you know, screw you, dude. Like that had to feel so good. Um, or like turning into a war bot. Like that to me is like, that's what you want to see. Is that coming out of them? Um, or in like a, a Walking Dead, it's like uh, a big part of my episode is like you you planted a bomb on a ship. So of course you want to see it explode. Right? What's going to happen when the bomb goes off? So I love like weaving in um, the promise of excitement and then delivering on that. It's like, there's no way. Sometimes it's a twist. Sometimes it's not. Um, but I think that always giving those moments where people go, oh, yes, like I got to do that. I'm so awesome. Or this character I'm interacting with is so awesome. Like that really means a lot to me. And it's something I really care a lot about is like providing those moments of awesome, I think. Yeah. Or sadness or joy, whatever, you know, <laughs> various emotions. Good answer. Queen. Yeah. Great question, guys. <laughs> great answer. Thanks. Queen. Sure. Like both, both has that absolutely great. Um, yeah, I think that um, I was thinking about it too. I I hate it. I hate memes in in <laughs> stories. I mean, okay, so I love memes in my real life, but like, you know, I do think, you know, I, I'm really interested in the way that um, we can sort of trace generations of like internet people. Um, and I think that you know, it's definitely it's like you know the rings on a tree, the sort of striations of memes. So you can always tell like who is in conversation and um who's being left out who's um the age of the people writing and like when it was which is such a weird thing when you're trying to create something that either exists is supposed to exist out of time because it's set in a different time like a like a game um but i will say um using um i love using technology like specifically to mark like something as a period piece, but like a t contemporary period piece, um, right? So like, what is the Tamagotchi showing up in a game like Unpacking, which mm -hmm. spans like someone's life? Um, mean, if it's like here's a Tamagotchi in like the '90s versus like a Tamagotchi showing up in a game that is contemporary, like what does that tell you about the person who has it? What does that tell you about the passage of time and like how we how we see it now? Um, you know, is this your mom's Tamagotchi? Is the Tamagotchi you got at Urban Outfitters because um, it's being sold as, like, cool and vintage TM, right? Like, what, <laughs> what it is, which is a real thing, which I find really stressful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think in terms of things I don't love in world building, um, my secret is I don't actually love, like, the sort of generic European world, like, fantasy setting. Like, I just, I'm just tired. I'm I'm like, I've seen it before. You have to work really hard to make yours, like, unique and interesting. 
I just, I just, my secret is I just don't care about elves. I'm sorry. I, I don't care about elves. I have never cared about elves. They definitely don't play Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> I was like bold words for someone who's played like 400 fucking hours of Dragon Age Inquisition, but I just don't care about elves. Um, <laughs> and um, Cut this out, but I wonder which game you were talking about earlier that you played 400 uh, hours of and couldn't get into. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Oh, was it that one? Promise. No. It <laughs> it's back to being my number one favorite personality trait. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I continue. Also, I was just like, I don't. All right. I'll tell you more about this after we finish, but remind me about this. Um, the other the other thing um, I that always kicks me out of world building is I'm like, if there are no people of color, I'm like, what? Mm. What? Why? You know? Especially if it's secondary world or like future shit, I'm like, what? What do you, what do you mean? There are no brown people. Like you, you're creating a whole ass another like planet. What do you, what do you mean there are no brown people? Like what? 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 Um, or like you're in the you're in the future is a cool cyberpunk thing. Um, I hate it when people are like, I hate it when worlds have like sort of like the trappings. Of like, it's like people of color have been here. Um, like a big one in like cyberpunk, um, especially is like, here's like a neon glowing sign in in like kanji, or like here's like gr- grimy Chinatown, and then there are just no, there are no like Japanese or Chinese people. I'm like, well, if you have people augmenting their bodies and becoming cyborgs, why can't you have brown people? Like, please. I mean, if we're if we're just, I mean, bo- bones to pick, right? I spend, I have spent hours trying to make an Asian inquis- inquisitor in Dragon Age Inquisition. There are no Asian people in Dragon Age Inquisition, mm-hmm. like none. I would know <laughs> four hundred hours in. They're like none, um, and there also weren't like any. I don't know. It was just so. It was so hard. And I, I remember sitting there, so like maybe two hours into trying to tweak my Inquisitor's face, being like looking at photos of like Asian people, looking at like my own face in the mirror, which was, by the way, very distressing. Um, but like, Stop. you know, I was just like, I don't want to do this. Um, I think I've successfully made two Asian Inquisitors, but I was like, why? Why is this so fucking hard? Like, why can I be? Why can I adjust how big? I want my elf ears to be, but I can't fucking play an Asian person. Like, what? Why is this so hard? Um, so, I don't know. That always that always kicks me out. Uh, I'm just like, there's no reason why today this should be a problem or why this should be difficult. Um, and sometimes the absence of bodies will tell you as much about, you know blind spots mm-hmm. um as you know being like here's a here's a person of color and here's the very problematic way they're treated sometimes the problematic way that someone is treated is that they're just completely erased from the narrative right yeah um but hey these neon signs and kanji look great <laughs> um <laughs> i mean we're all, you know everyone everyone's always doing their best i just i'm just here being like do better put Asian people in your games, god damn it. Mm-hmm. So that's for the other question um, about things that we love to include. Um, 
I'm sure that this is kind of going to come as zero surprise, but I love fucked up romance. <laughs> I'm just like, my favorite thing is bad exes. I love sexy bad exes. Especially if they're monsters. Especially if they're monsters. So my thing I'm most proud of that I did when I was working at Overwatch um, is I got to write a short story about Baptiste, um, one of the heroes. Um he is a former Talon member, so part of the former evil organization who has since been like, yo, this is some bad shit and left. Um, so the short story is about, um, you know, him having left and being a fugitive from Talon. Um, he's back home. He's like trying to do good. He's like helped his doctor friend establish a clinic. And he's like, all right, I'm finally in a place where I feel like I'm actually able to live my life as the person I want to be. Um, and his, like, former, like, compatriot who I wrote, personally, I'm going on record saying this, I wrote Mauga as, as his ex, um, but his, like, ex, like, partner, um, shows up and is like, hey, uh, I've been looking for you, um, it's time for you to fucking come home, but before you do, let's do this one last job together, and then, and then you, we can all go home and it'll be great, everything will be totally fine. Um, so it's him being like, I don't know if I can, he's like being blackmailed into this mission. He's like, I don't know if I can go through with this, but also it feels so good and familiar and comforting to be here with you. Cause I remember how good it was, even when the shit we were doing was bad and, and that's intoxicating and I'm so, so lonely. Um, so that's a short story I wrote and it's still, I think the, Probably one of the most interesting things I've done for Overwatch. I'll link it in the show notes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's like a, I'd say it's a sadly okay story, but I really, I really like, I really like that kind of dynamic. The, um, you know, it's the I know you and I love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 why shouldn't you have everything you want, right? Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't you take the thing that you are afraid of and make that? the weapon that you can use to take back the world for yourself. Like that's very sexy. Um, so that's what I like to write. <laughs> Hell yeah. So good. Also, just to say, fucking love Overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like not a big competitive um, game person, but oh God, love Overwatch. You want to talk about games that we set, sunk 400 hours into? Yeah. Oh, we, had yeah. To, we had to stop playing Overwatch. <laughs> it's so good my um i'm really <laughs> the so i wrote baptiste and i also wrote sigma um yes Ooh, yeah <laughs> such a weirdo so weird it's a- <laughs> so bizarre i love sigma um all of this a lot of the sigma lines were like okay if i was like a weird old scientist man like literally me Alyssa, <laughs> what kind of weird shit would i specifically say so like <laughs> Sigma is like my old man Sona, and I love yeah. it. Yes! <laughs> you know, it's so funny, because I remember, so, outing myself, I was very deeply into Overwatch for a while, and I remember seeing that you would come on as a new writer, and around that same time, Sigma had come out, or, or, or maybe it was a little bit after that, maybe it was a few months, and I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if that's her character. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my geriatric son. <laughs> That's so interesting because I, I just remember having that thought process where I was like, this seems, this character seems like such a, like, he's so different. 
from <laughs> yeah. everyone else in the roster in such an interesting way. Um, and so I was like, I wonder if the new writer had anything to do with that. So that's really cool. That's really interesting. <laughs> you can see his toes. Oh, God. My secret is I fucking hate feet. So like, <gasps> Me too! Torture. I was like, I can't. Look at you. Put those toes away, my son. <laughs> I'm just... But, oh my god, I was just like, there's going to be so much foot art of Sigma, and I'm not going to know how to deal with it. Oh my god. You're like, if one person shows me fanning his toes, no, I'm going to lose my mind. Lose my whole ass shit. Like, I can't. I can't. I I love, I love that weird, weird fucking old man. He's so bizarre, and I just, I just love him. Great. Weirdo. So good. Makes me so happy. Okay, we got two questions <laughs> left. Speaking of love, uh, Gregory asks, "What type of story that's not often seen in games would you love to write or create?" I think Alyssa should should answer first. She's gonna just cut whatever I say out. <laughs> no, <laughs> just keep her answer. No, no, your answers are so good. Um, let me think. I would love a couple things. I would love. To write an Atome game, you know, like romance stuff. I would love to write a really weird, fucked up Atome game. I would also love to write a really weird, like, uh, deeply interesting, like, romance line um, farming game. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, the ideal would be both, like, uh, you know, kind of like a like a Stardew Valley type game, but with like more fighting and like really, really hot characters. <laughs> <laughs> and by hot, you mean monstrous. Well, yeah, of course. There's got to be at least one like deeply like that boy ain't right character. <laughs> um, you know, and um, I love I love mon- I love monsters. I love monstrous women. I love mm-hmm. like you know the the weird twisted kind of men um i don't know i just i just love i just love it all um it should tell you a lot honestly to say that my favorite dragon age inquisition character is cole (laughs) um my angel i've never played dragon age inquisition so i wouldn't know what that reference is (laughs) that's a shame he's like a a spirit shaped like a shaped like a boy uh, who died horribly um and um he's like your sweet cinnamon roll who also is uh (laughs) super killer um he's delightful amazing you can cut this from the podcast one of my most delightful (laughs) gaming memories of all time easily is um when dragon age inquisition came out i was living in chicago because i was going to school there and my dorm room was on like one of the top floors and it was cold outside and I opened the windows, it was freezing cold, and I locked myself in my room for, like, three days. I didn't leave. I had no class. I didn't sleep. And I bought deep dish pizza from Umelnati's and, a, yeah. and, like, a couple bottles of wine. And I binged that game for days. <laughs> yes! It was one of the most incredible, transcendent That's experiences. That's what kept you warm all those nights. Oh, my God. I had the most fun. It was incredible. I, I've been searching for that high since <laughs> that year. Twenty. That was only two years ago. Stop. I would believe you. I would believe you. It was like 20. <laughs> right? You're 21, aren't you, Lauren? I'm 21. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I want to say it was like 2016. That's probably a lie. Um, <laughs> it was so fucking good. That was incredible. Oh God, I Nick, haven't played it. Nick, don't cut that. Again, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, that uh, was transcendent. That didn't answer uh, your question at all, but. <laughs> please, please, please also cut this. But I, I had a similar experience. I was going through it, TM, and um, the only thing that like kept me, that kept me going, was just endless Dragon Age Inquisition oh. and like canned soup. I was oh. just like, I'm gonna crack open a can of chowder, and I'm just gonna fucking play Dragon Age Inquisition all night long, and it, this is the best time of my life, <laughs> dude. Like those, those, that general, like that time period of Bioware games fucked me up. I've been pulled over by a cop once. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> How bad did it fuck Hang you on. up? No, so I had, when I was in, so 2012 is when I think the um, uh, Mass Effect 3 came out, and that's when I was graduating high school. And I remember because in my senior year, I pre-ordered the like deluxe special edition. And so I left school a little early. And I was driving to GameStop to pick it up. And I didn't stop completely at a stop sign. Which for me was criminal beyond belief. I'd never done such a thing. And as I'm taking that right turn through that desolate road. <laughs> boo! <laughs> oh! uh, hey, so... <laughs> hey, so you just breeze through that... I definitely didn't breeze through it. Breeze through that stop sign. I had this like whole interaction. I was traumatized, and then, <laughs> but damn it, I went there and I got my. <laughs> I was just so excited. Mass Effect Three is almost a perfect game. That's so. That's so. That's so beautiful. I'm sorry. I fucking love that. God, that's so good. Not cutting any of this, but Lord, that's the question. <laughs> God, those games are so fucking good. <laughs> They're really good. They're so um, good. I still need to play three. It's my, it's great. I got Game Pass now. I can play the Mass Effect trilogy on uh, my Xbox. Yes. Hey, do you want to know my secret? This one you have to promise you're going to cut, though. <laughs> or, I mean, I mean, I guess you could not cut it. But this is my deep secret: is that I have only written explicit fanfic for one fandom, and it is in fact Dragon Age Inquisition, and it is Stop. somewhere online, but I won't tell you where it is. That's amazing. But Lauren. What type yeah. of story that's not often in games would you love to write or create? Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, man. So, well, so this is very specific. Um, there are a lot of things I'd love to make. But the one thing that I feel like I don't see enough of and that I really want is just, like, more every people. You know, just, like, people that are, like, like, I have always wanted to see a story of, like, an old lady. I've always wanted an elderly woman to have a game that's empowering and exciting for her. Because I feel like we see kind of the same types of heroes pretty often. And any time that we can have a hero that isn't the norm, it's so cool. Um, So the more that... This sounds like miss america answer but it's true it's like <laughs> the more we can diversify our heroes it's just so cool to think about our opportunity to make more everyday people feel like they can be heroes 
And that's like such a exciting idea to me. And I think for, for whatever reason, I always gravitate towards like older people as like part of that like segment. Um, like how fucking awesome would it be to have like an elderly, like Hispanic grandma, grandmother being awesome. Like that'd be so cool. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, how would she approach being a hero? Like, it would just be such a different perspective, such a different world. And I love the idea of, like, a little abuelita playing a game and being like, I rule. I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's it's hyper-specific and also super vague, but I don't know. I just just think that that'd be neat. Oh, hey, it's kind of like Anna in Overwatch. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's a baddie. She's great. Last question. What's a storytelling-related question you'd like our next guests to answer? And if it helps, the next episode might be horror themed. Very excited about that one. Yeah. You can't tell us who it is. It's yeah, having people. I'll bleep, I'll bleep it out. It's going to be. And then. Oh, shit. Okay. We just want to get them together and talk about horror because they're both amazing. Oh, great. And we would have done it with you too if we had known how much you both loved horror. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, no. Now I got to think of a question. Oh, this is so hard. It doesn't have to be horror themed too. But it would be such a shame for it not to be. I know. Oh, I got It's possible oh, they might not be the next guest, depending on how scheduling works out. Okay. Then I'll give you one for them and I'll give you one for not them. <laughs> sure. Perfect. Alright, so the one for them is what is one monster that you haven't or like weird thing that you haven't explored in a project yet that you really want to write about? Good question. And why? Um the not for them question um i would say just in in general i guess um is uh if you had infinite money okay also tell me if this is like a deeply inappropriate question but um if you had infinite money what hiring decisions would you make to staff up your dream writing team that's a good question Um, i don't think it's inappropriate okay it could be people but it could also just be like what kinds of folks with different kinds of backgrounds would you look at? Um, so I'm always curious about what people's dream writing teams look like. Yeah, that's I super cool. We, I hope they get to talk about the monster one, though. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if, it's, if it's them, we'll ask both questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. Oh, oh shit. That's cool, too. Uh, <laughs> um, so... I'm going to say two questions. Pick, pick which one, whichever one you think is better for the people involved. So one of them to me is like, I'm curious if any of these people have like a guilty pleasure in their writing. Like, is there a little, little something that just makes them happy, but they kind of like sneak in. So like, what's that for them? What's their guilty writing pleasure? Um, and the other one would be what, are you most jealous of in your favorite story? It's like when mm. you experience a story and you're like, whoa, that was incredible. Like, what about it? Are you like, damn, I did that. I wish I did that. You know, like, so what's that? What's that moment of jealousy? What are you jealous of? Those are such good questions. No, you. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> Perfect. Where can everyone find you on the internet? If you want to plug your Twitter handle or website or no, both and or anything you're working on too, Lauren, go first. Oh, me go first. Well, I always end, well, always on the one other podcast I did and this, I'll end it very charmingly. 
No need to find me online. Play Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I bet you're great and I love you, but I'm not very good at responding to things because I'm a loner. <laughs> so, <laughs> so play my games and thank you for listening. <laughs> well, listen, she's great. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Crash Wong. Um, crash, like, and then, like, Wong, like, my name. Um, <laughs> um, I write, uh, I'm currently writing uh, Dr. Afra, the Star Wars comic. Um, I, uh, oh, this is fun. Um, my first issue of Iron Fist comes out in February. So Hell yeah. Out. Nice. I'm so stoked about that. Also terrified, but, like, I... I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's so good you made Lord slow clap. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> well, well, well. If it isn't Alyssa and her blinding, brilliant talent coming oh, to... Oh, no, no. no. It's, I'm saying it. It's true. No. I can't wait. That's very exciting. No. Um, <laughs> come find me on Twitter. Uh, spoiler alert, it's mostly shit posts. But, um, <laughs> you know, come, come find me anyway, I guess. Hi. <laughs> Uh, you can find this podcast on Twitter at ScriptLock, ScriptLockCast. And our artwork was done by Lily Mishita, and our music was done by Isabella Ness. And sorry, it's been months since the last episode. Life has happened. We're, gonna, we're still going. We're going to try to release more episodes this year than we did in the two years combined previous. Um, yeah. Thank leave you both for coming on. And fans, leave a review on iTunes if you, if you want. Please. Please. If it's not five stars, I swear to God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Lauren will come kick your ass. <laughs> It'll be the yeah, softest. Yeah, you, you'll you'll leave that interaction about the same as <laughs> you were before we showed up. But thank you two queens for coming on. Yeah, this is so fun. <laughs> this was great. Well, this was super fun. I prefer Emperor. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>